0: Father's Milk is. I don't. I don't want milk. All right, welcome to Hour 2 of the program. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110 and uh, 1-800-WBT-1110. New gender-inclusive language guides put out by the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. The ABM, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Uh, They are being implemented in uh, some U.S. hospitals now. These language guides. A screenshot of one of the guides' tables was shared on Twitter. It's titled, Suggested Terms in Breastfeeding and Human Lactation. On the left hand side, a column labeled traditional terms. (laughs) And then uh, there's a middle column, gender inclusive terms. Okay, so breast milk is uh, like father's milk as a potential alternative. Yeah. The guideline also includes the word chest feeding. Human milk feeding, and using the term "lactating person" in place of traditional terms like "nursing mother" or something—you say a lactating person. So that's that. That's where we are. We're we're gonna get all we're gonna get all scientificy on this, right? We're gonna get all sciency on the definitions. We're gonna get a uh, lactating human, right? It's funny how like the, the like. The closer they try to drag us all to these like super sciency terms, the farther away from science we feel weird. And, and what's more, this is coming from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. What's up with your name, guys uh, and, and gals and non-binary people? Just what's up with the name? I think you got to you got to ditch the name. The the B in that one that's problematic. If you're going to swap out terms like breast you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna swap that term out i don't think you get to keep your name a press statement from uc davis health featuring medical director of the uc davis children's hospital laura care who co-authored the new breastfeeding language guidelines said quote abm recognizes that not all people who give birth and lactate identify as female and that Some individuals identify as neither female nor male. The statement states that to be inclusive to all people in written materials, the use of de-sexed or gender-inclusive language is appropriate in many settings. So, the entire society must change. That's what I'm hearing. That the entire society must change. Everything... The whole language has to be rewritten. Norms have to be blown up, right? the 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 things that we believe to be real must be denied, or else what? What are we told? that That transgender people have higher rates of suicide. That's what we're told, and so that's a very potent thing to tell, particularly parents, right? So parents don't want their child to kill themselves. So what are they, what, what are they taught? They're like, okay, well you have to now have this gender affirming protocol, which uh, have you heard about like the number of uh, the number of children's hospitals now that are engaged in this work. It's like 300 or so 300 in America. Always have to say this. There is, you know, standard disclaimer, I don't deny that people suffer from gender dysphoria. And I have said repeatedly over the years, I have no idea how difficult that must be. And I have true empathy for people who feel like a part of their body is not theirs. I have no idea what that must be like. There are people who are trans ableist. There are people who are, they have eating disorders, right? They think they are 700 pounds, but they're actually 90. You know, we don't encourage them to keep purging. We don't encourage them, uh, you know, to keep starving themselves. We don't encourage people to, you know, blind themselves when they think that I should be blind because they're trans because their brain is telling them that. ABM recognizes that not all people who give birth and lactate identify as female, so they have to d sex everything, and the state uh, the statement from the ABM also called for future studies to include broader gender categories and include information about hormone therapies and surgeries for transgender patients. So this is what the American, uh, sorry, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine is pushing. Why? Why? What? This is not your purview, is it? Unless of course you're talking about the, you know, quote top surgery which is what radical mastectomies, right? For, for women who transition to men, right? Is that somehow uh, under your area of expertise here as part of the, uh, the Academy of breastfeeding medicine? Why, why are you giving guidance on hormone therapies? Unless what uh, you're talking about, maybe like if I'm taking the hormone therapies, then does it have an impact on the, uh, the father's milk? Is that the idea? Meanwhile, the Department of Health and Human Services has proposed adding gender identity to the class of protected categories in Obamacare's anti-discrimination statute. This is a section known as Section 1557, which should shock the conscience that there's 1,557 sections of Obamacare, at least, right? The Biden administration is seeking to reverse an effort in 2020 by the Trump administration to exclude anti-discrimination protections for people based on their gender identity, defining discrimination on the basis of sex to mean only biological sex. See, this is where, th- this is where like queer theorists and this cultural Marxist ideology, this is where they've kind of, this is where they're going to lose people here is because you spent so much capital, right? Trying to, Uh, teach us all that sex and gender are different. These are different things. They're separate concepts, right? Except when you need them to be the same for these anti-discrimination laws because they passed the anti-discrimination laws that say you can't discriminate based on sex. And now you come and say, oh, well, that also includes gender identity. Well, no, those are different things. Why is this case important? Well, what if you're a hospital What if you're a hospital with a particular religious rooting? And what if somebody comes in and says, you have to do these types of procedures on me or my child? And the religious rooted hospital says, "Uh, no. Now they're guilty of discrimination. Alrighty, so back in 2016, okay, there was a lawsuit between the federal government and a Catholic hospital system called the Franciscan Alliance. Um, they argued the hospitals argued that the rule constituted a mandate that violated religious freedoms. What is the rule? The rule would uh, it was this anti discrimination protection for people based on their sex. And what the Obama administration did was they made gender and sex mean the same thing. They said, oh, it's the same thing. Gender and sex is the same thing, which was weird because they always told us that they were different things. But when they need them to be the same thing, then they have to be the same thing. Because, you know, rewriting a law is difficult, boring. And so just redefine these terms and then we get what we want. See how that works? Well, this poses a problem because the Franciscan Alliance, along with a Christian medical association, a Catholic medical group, and five states, they sued in 2016 over its definition of discrimination on the basis of sex to include discrimination based on gender identity. And in December of 2016, Judge Reed O'Connor of the Northern District of Texas issued a nationwide injunction finding that the HHS Office of Civil Rights interpretation of the anti-discrimination rule violated the Administrative Procedure Act and RFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And the rule then was sent back to Health and Human Services. So you violated your own process when you reinterpreted this definition. Oh, and it's also a violation of RFRA. So, Go back, right? Sends it back. That was the injunction. In 2021, he then grants a permanent injunction on enforcement of that rule, determining that the federal government could not enforce the part of Section 1557 that would compel the plaintiffs in the case to perform or provide insurance coverage for transition services. Right? You've got these Catholic and Christian uh, medical organizations and systems this hospital system and they do not want to do this they don't want to participate this is a violation of their conscience of their religious beliefs they're not going to do it they don't and you can't force them to do it well then you just shouldn't be in the hospital business i guess (laughs) right well yeah you should just not be a doctor if you're not gonna yeah um hhs uh hhs which now cannot enforce their interpretation of this section of the law by withholding federal funds or otherwise penalizing the specific religious plaintiffs, HHS has now appealed that case to the Fifth Circuit. The latest iteration of the rule from the Biden administration now flies in the face of those previous rulings. They don't care. Like they, A judge has told them, you can't do this, And the administration is saying, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. They proposed adding gender identity into the class of protected categories again. They're trying to undo what Trump did, but you also now have a court ruling from 2021. Permanent injunction. Roger Severino is the vice president of domestic policy at the Heritage Foundation. He's also the former director of the Office for Civil Rights at HHS. Under Donald Trump, he authored that rule, the 2020 rule concerning Section 1557, and he says this this flies in the face of the ruling. This what you're doing is essentially he's not using the term, but I will illegal. It's illegal. HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra said that the uh, rule would still make room for objections on a religious basis, but religious freedom advocates are skeptical. Call me skeptical. Yeah, I don't I don't trust anybody in government. <laughs> now after the last after the last two years, if you didn't learn anything about government and medicine in the last two years, I don't know I I, I don't know what else you need to see. How about this? Centers for Disease Control and Prevention coordinated with social media companies and Google to censor users who expressed skepticism or criticism of COVID-19 vaccines, according to a trove of internal communications obtained by America First Legal and shared exclusively with the Washington Free Beacon. Over the course of at least six months, starting in December of 2020, so right after the election, CDC officials regularly communicated with personnel on Twitter, Facebook, and Google over, quote, vaccine misinformation. Because remember, this was, this was when they were getting all rolled out, right? End of 2020. At various times, CDC officials would flag specific posts by users on social media platforms like Twitter and send them over to Twitter to say, oh, this is an example of misinformation. So CDC is telling the big tech companies. Other emails show the scheduling of meetings with the CDC over how best to police alleged misinformation about the vaccines. Although a lot of the posts flagged by the CDC contained false information about the vaccines, the efforts to police misinformation also resulted in mistaken acts of censorship. Hmm. Interesting. I also am kind of curious, like, I have no doubt there was a bunch of false, you know, like microchips and stuff in the shots, all that, you know. Um, But I, uh, I do wonder if the things that were flagged back in 2020 as, quote, misinformation would be deemed misinformation now. Here's a really good question. Got a message here uh, regarding the stories you're hearing about monkeypox. The Beckleburg County Health Director just did a press briefing and was talking about monkeypox. Here's a really, I think it's a fair question after we, we we hear it, you know, how how it's transmissible through the lung juice, right? Like like COVID. I mean yeah it's like way more transmissible like through bodily fluids and you know when I'm I'm listening to the way that they're they're twisting around in knots trying to describe who's most at risk and what kind of activities it's guys like it it's it's predominantly gay sex guys like that's spoiler alert sorry you know I, I, I don't know if that wasn't coming through clearly or not but it's that's what's happening. Okay. And so like out in San Francisco, they're like, you know, we're not shutting down any of our bathhouses. We're not doing anything differently. Like they're 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 refusing to, you know, to engage in safe sex behaviors to stop the spread. We just need like maybe like 2 weeks flatten this curve a little bit, you know? But uh this message says, "Have they closed any gay bars or instituted mandatory testing in Mecklenburg?" I mean, monkeypox is highest there. Where are the lockdowns and proof of negative tests? This is a very good question. Right? That's what the science said. The science and data. That's what the incantations were all about. Right? Right? The branch Covidians told us that, you know, they were in charge. These are the rules. And, uh, you know, the way that you... uh, can prove that you are worthy is uh, you got to have the vaccine passports. You got to have the, uh, the proof of the vaccination and you got to take the tests and the, the fever scans and all of these things. And I mean, first it was you know, lock everybody down. And and then it was when people started to come out, like, well, are you essential? And oh my gosh, I, I don't want to be near you. I ran into some people the other, uh, over the weekend that they, they were, they had been exposed to somebody maybe, and they'd gotten an antigen test. And I'm like, like we're outside. Like I, I I'm gonna get it. i already had it. So this is what this is what it's gonna be. This is life. Like you know, I don't, I don't demand that you social distance away from me if you were, uh, you know, if you were near somebody with monkeypox. Although that's nasty. Like I see like the blisters. Like ooh, that's. No, they're telling people like the advice that they're telling like, oh, wear long sleeves and cover your blisters. Oh, so to hide it, so hide it while you go out partying at the clubs. Okay. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't trust a lot of the uh, a lot of the quote experts on this stuff anymore. Right. I was always like when I when when COVID first hit, I was okay. These are the experts. They're saying this. Let's as a Congressman Dr. Greg Murphy says we're building the plane while we're flying it. I gave a lot of latitude to people because I knew, look, sometimes you got just bad options. You're just picking, you know, the least bad of bad options. And we don't know. Right. We didn't know if one thing would work or one thing wouldn't. And so you're trying these different things. But there's been no accountability, like no apology, like oh I messed up. I, how come nobody is asked? Hey, did you get anything wrong? How come Governor Cooper is never asked? For example, did you get anything wrong in your response to COVID, or did you handle it perfectly? Every single decision you made. And don't and see this is this is unbelievable to me, like literally not to be believed because. You can't tell me that over the course of two years in a, you know, never before seen pandemic like we had that uh, where we took all of these, you know, historical types of responses. You can't tell me that uh, every single one of those calls was the right call. Over two years. You were you, you batted a thousand on all the right decisions. That's impressive. I'd like to hear more about that. Right. Wouldn't you like to hear more? Right? Shouldn't we hold up Roy Cooper as the example then for everybody on the planet to follow because he made every decision correctly? I will give him credit for one that he he didn't send the sick old people into the nursing homes. It was it might have happened at the beginning, right? It was very close, but like that. But that to me that was a that was a big problem that they left unaddressed. They 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 did not target the most vulnerable for protection. They went, lock down everybody, work from home, yay, you know. You need the accountability because it's part of any kind of a postmortem. You you do a debrief. After the thing is over, you got to look through and say, okay, you know, lessons learned. We did the right thing here. We didn't do the right thing there. Knowing now, or if we knew then what we know now, we would have made this decision differently. You do that so you get better. But nobody wants to do that because nobody wants the you know, no one wants to take the heat for making a bad decision at the beginning of the pandemic. So then when the vaccines come online in December 2020, um, you get the CDC working with the big tech companies to censor. This is according to the Washington Free Beacon that got a whole bunch of documents, uh, internal documents, communications between the tech companies and the CDC. The communications reveal a high level of coordination between the government and tech industry during the pandemic and raise questions about the extent to which other private companies are working with the federal government to censor the public. Right. If they're doing it for the vaccines, do you think they're not doing it for other topics? Surely they are. Let me get Mark on. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing fine, Pete, or should I say skeptical? Yeah. I've uh, got the answer for you. If you ask the government if they did anything wrong during COVID, they will say yes. And they'll say... Really? They do enough hang of- on, Mark. To- hang on, hang to- on. To- hang on, Mark. Your cell phone's breaking up. And it's, right, it's, breaking, yeah, it's breaking up right as you're delivering the punchline here. Sorry. So, so you, right, So, but low, nobody heard it. All right. So let's, let's regroup. Take two. Take two. Right. Mistakes remain. Let's reassess, do a debrief. All right. So you say if the government is asked, you say that the government would in fact say they made a mistake. Yes. Okay. And the mistake was they didn't do enough of what they were doing. They should have spent more money. They should have doubled down and been more forceful on restrictions and lockdowns. That's it. That yeah. would be their answer. It would, right. We, we should have done it sooner, longer, harder, and uh, uh, more expensively. That's one way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. That's no, true. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, man. Um, that, is, uh, that, that is what they would say. It's that I didn't care enough. No, no, no. I care too much, right? Isn't that the, uh, that's the interview question? What's your, what's your weakness? My weakness is I, I care too much. We didn't we didn't do all of the things hard enough? We needed to mask harder. Maybe we, we we could have developed a better communication strategy to inform everybody that we're right. That's what happened. It was marketing, it was a communication thing. It always they always chalk it up to that, right? Like, oh, you just don't know what I'm saying. That's the reason why you're stupid, right? That's the reason why you are not going along with my plan or why you're you're giving this resistance is because you you haven't heard my message it's just a communications thing right no it's not that i disagree with you no it's 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 the way you're it's the way you're selling it but if they're willing to do this with the vaccines what else are they willing to do and i'm talking about the big tech companies what else are they willing to do what other government agencies are these tech companies now working with to suppress and censor other types of content that's the logical question is it not yeah by the way dr deborah burks remember her of the scarfs, I mean, it's only fitting that uh, now that uh, we got the COVID numbers uh, going up, and now just heard in the newscast there that they're hinting that uh, oh, it may go back to a mask mandate. No, <laughs> no, nope. I don't even have a mask anymore. I don't, even, I, I, don't even know where, I don't even know where they are. Um, the communications reveal a high level of coordination between the government and tech industry during the pandemic, and it raises questions about the extent to which other private companies are working with the federal government to censor the public. This is from the Washington Free Beacon. They got a hold of these uh, internal communications between uh, social media companies and Google, that they were talking with the CDC when they launched the vaccines and they talked about how to censor user content. Deborah Burks was recently on Fox news host, uh, Neil Cavuto has her on and Burke says, quote, I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. But let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older vaccinated. So do you see why people don't trust you anymore? Facebook gave CDC... $15 $15 million in ad credits so they could advertise on the Facebook platform. A Facebook official says that the platform has been totally transparent about its work with public health organizations, quote, to address health misinformation. So what would be the misinformation? Think about it. Like, go back to 2020, December 2020. Deborah Burks is still there, right? Still working on all of this. They're rolling out the vaccines. What stuff is getting censored? She says now that I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. If she had said that in December on Facebook, she would have been censored, right? Because that's the whole, the whole branch COVIDian movement was out there saying, Hey, the, the, the shots are going to prevent you from spreading. That's how we get to herd immunity. That's why I signed on. Look, I was a believer in, I am a believer in herd immunity, right? Enough people, Contract it, fight it off, and then you're good to go, right? And if enough people get that, it's the same principle behind all vaccines. So when they said, hey, we got these vaccines, they're experimental, and people would argue with me, why would you do that? Because I believe in the right to try. I believe in getting to herd immunity. I haven't had COVID yet. I have certain comorbidities I had at the time, I was much heavier. Right, I weighed 90 plus pounds more so I, I've co- I had comorbidities that I was worried about so you know what all right I'll be the guinea pig you need people you need te- uh, test subjects so I volunteered to do it and then I got the second uh or no uh yeah I got the one shot yeah I got oh I had to do the two right I had to get the two I got the Pfizer one and that's it I've not gotten and then I got then I got covid <laughs> and so like all right I, I think I've done my part. I think I've done my part. Now it's just a matter of, you know, living with it. And, you know, it's going to be, it seems like it's going to be seasonal. But no, we're like, we're not, we, we cannot be, uh, here's the thing too. You can't come at me and tell me that we're really not interested in, you know, forcing behavioral changes to combat monkeypox, which needs to be said like that. I just feel like it needs to be said like that. Monkeypox. Boogity boogity. It's like, it's scary kind of a sounding, but uh, if you're not, if you're not looking to implement some of those same types of protocols for monkeypox, I'm not on board for COVID because you, they're both spread by lung juice, respiratory droplets, right? The micro droplets. We've known that by the way, since the beginning. Since the beginning, I sent out, I saw it, and I sent out a video. It's the Japanese researchers, and they put these two guys into a room. It's the totally black room, and they shine this, like, green light, you know, uh, through the room like a laser. And uh, and then they have the people just talk. And as they talk, you can see, like, you know, spit flies out. All of that stuff gets, like, highlighted. It's like a black light, but it's a green light kind of thing. Anyway, you could see it. Like night vision, you can see the, the plumes of what are called micro droplets and they get suspended in air. They're so small that they suspend in air. And that's what you are breathing in when you're talking to somebody. You're breathing in their lung juice and they're breathing in yours. It'll make you, it'll make you never want to sit in a room and talk with somebody ever again. Ventilation. Big believer in ventilation. I, I, I've been, I did multiple shows on this over the course of the pandemic. But would her stuff have been labeled fake news, misinformation by the CDC? Yeah. One piece of correspondence appearing to be from CDC health communications specialist Elizabeth Wilhelm, written to uh, the Google News Lab leader for the Asia Pacific region called for employees like Google product policy team manager Alexios Manzarlas to become, quote, infodemic manager unicorns, end quote. Infodemic. Right? Information, pandemic, and infodemic. The World Health Organization, according to the documents, described its unicorn program, quote, recruiting the first global cohort, of infodemic managers to support health authorities in addressing the COVID-19 infodemic and strengthen community resilience against misinformation. See, it's a pandemic of misinformation. It's an, it's an information pandemic. It's an infodemic. And so they wanted to go recruit all of these, quote, unicorns that would be able to go out there and proselytize to spread the faith. Yeah, so the next obvious question is, okay, where else are these unicorns being implemented? What other government programs are working with these tech companies?